Hey, good afternoon and welcome to SWAT Radio. It is Doug McCary of His Light Ministries and it is April 15th. It is not tax day. Normally it would be tax day, but it's been extended to May 15th. So all you people can breathe a little easier out there. You don't have to pay your taxes until May 15th. So uh, we're happy you're joining us today. Uh, Shout out to all our listeners up in Virginia, listening on the Lighthouse in Meridian, Mississippi on WMER. By the way, I'm going to be speaking at Meridian in Meridian this weekend at Highland Baptist Church at 10 o'clock. I would love for you to join us if you're in Meridian there. And uh, also going to be uh, sharing at a new event at Highland Church called Man Church. It is a city-wide event on uh, Sunday night, and uh, I would love for you to join us at that event. It's coming up this weekend, and uh, just uh, just show up. That's all you got to do. It's called Man Church, and I'll be sharing. Bring a friend if you're a guy. Uh, it's 7 p.m. at Highland Baptist Church, and uh, join us for that on Sunday night. Speaking of men's events, I was just at a men's event last weekend out in Denton, Texas at Denton Bible Church. It's something they do every year called Real Men. And I had the opportunity to uh, hear for the second time uh, one of their pastors out there, one of their ministers, a guy named Calvin Clark. If he sounds familiar to all you folks up in the uh, Illinois area, that's because uh, he is Calvin Clark, who played at Purdue. And uh, Calvin is on staff out at uh, Denton Bible and works in a ministry called Frontline uh, Ministry, which is an inner city outreach in Denton, Texas. He has been involved with Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and um, he is a, a good brother in the Lord. He has been married to his wife, Devorah, for uh, longer than I've been married to my wife. Oh, uh, well, maybe not. Uh, he's we're, we're both in the thirties, and so uh, he has uh, two boys and two girls, and uh, he's just a great brother. Calvin, welcome to SWAT Radio. Thank you, Doug. It's a privilege to uh, be here. I appreciate the opportunity. Well, it, it was a pleasure to meet you. I got to meet you last year uh, at the Real Men's Conference out there, and. Um, Calvin, how long have you been out at Denton and part of that church there? Uh, me and my wife came here in 1995, and uh, Tom asked us to come and model um, um, discipleship as a family to some inner-city kids here uh, in Denton. And, man, I, uh, of course, jumped at the chance to come here and, serve alongside tom nelson he's one of our heroes of the faith Mm. in the modern day he he is he is a great guy he has been on our he's been our guest for many years and he's been a mentor to me and uh you know when he invited me to come last year to the real men's conference i i I brought a friend out there and it was the first time that i had encountered you and i really appreciated what you had to say and this year, uh, I was even more uh, convicted uh, by what you shared when you talked about the good and the bad and the ugly. And I'm going to 
get you to share that. But you you were part of the junk defense up at Purdue uh, back in the late seventies, <laughs> and uh, you probably don't get asked a lot about that. Uh, but I w- I would like to start a little bit. Every kid's dream is to play play pro football if he's a football player, right? Any kid that plays little league football or high school football uh, and and loves the game dreams of being in an NFL uniform did you kind of know early on you would be able to make it to that level I I didn't but of course as you say that's every kid's dream if they put on a helmet so uh we you know play in the backyard and we we dream about being on tv and seeing um uh like Bob Lilly I got to meet Bob Lilly he's actually a member of our church here and uh I uh, found out that he was in one of Tom's uh, Bible study, and I go, what? <laughs> I got to get in that Bible study and meet my hero, because I actually wore Bob Lilly's number, number 74, uh, throughout high school and uh, when I was in the USFL with the uh, Arizona Wranglers. So uh, you dream about you know being on the field that you're, you watch your heroes play. But I didn't have a clue. Uh, I was I started out as a quarterback and a strong safety, and uh, I like to say I ate my way into uh, <laughs> being a lineman. Yeah. So you went from quarter. There's not many guys that go from quarterback to lineman, right? To you, you were, were, were you were you were a defensive tackle at Purdue, right? Yes, correct. Um, got there, and uh, someone had. Uh, uh, McKenzie uh, had number 74, so I had to settle for 94. Uh, but uh, I started, got to start my freshman year, and uh, played four years. And they just did an article on me uh, catching up with you know late Purdue Blakes. Uh, and I found out I was, out of all of Purdue's history, I was in the top 20 in uh, lead tacklers. And I thought that was uh, unique, and I just found out last year. <laughs> so, well, it, I thought it, that was real special. Yeah, you, you found out what, like forty years later, almost, right? <laughs> I mean, that's, yes. <laughs> but, well, uh, you know, you 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 did establish yourself as part of that team, and I think when I was doing a little research on you, you were actually an MVP in a bowl game. You got to play in three bowl games, which is it's not. I mean, not just playing in a. In college, uh, you know, you played, but you played in bowl games, and and you got to experience that. Were you a believer at that time, Calvin? I was a believer. Um, just a short story. That's what really got me at Purdue, Purdue because the, my best friend is Carlton Williamson, and he was part of that draft. He went to the University of Pittsburgh. I went to Purdue, and he was part of that draft where San Francisco Forty ers drafted. Uh, Eric Reich, uh, Ronnie Lott, Carlton Williams, and Lynn Thomas, and they all were DBs, and they went to the Super Bowl that year, and they all played. Lynn Thomas came out as a nickelback. And so uh, he was, we were highly recruited. He was more highly recruited than I was. And my junior year, I suffered a back injury, and I saw all of my dreams been taken away from him because I was out of school for like two and a half weeks. Hmm. And I and I actually prayed, Lord, just let me be normal again. 
But in doing so, I found myself doing what my mom had always told us we were going to do one day. Because we used to play church. My dad was a, a pastor, and we used to play church. I used to mock him. <laughs> and my mom would catch us, and she would say this, one day you're going to have to cry out to God for yourself. And so when I suffered that back injury, and uh, I was out of school for two and a half weeks, I found myself crying out to God for the first time personally in my life. It wasn't a routine prayer. Uh, it wasn't a uh, practical thing uh, that you routinely practice. No, it was from my heart to God's heart, and I was reminded of what my mom said. And so that was my first encounter, my first personal encounter with God. And it was then that I gave my life to God uh, my junior year, and then my senior year came around, and all these schools are recruiting us uh, with both blue-chip athletes and Purdue, uh, out of the schools that I was interested in, uh, was the only honest school that recruited me. Everybody was offering family members jobs and, and different <laughs> things. And uh, when when Jim Young, who was my head coach, came to my living room, my dad asked him, okay, so what are y'all offering? That's how he started the conversation. <laughs> And Jim Young looked in and he said, I know Carlton and Calvin are being highly recruited. They're great athletes. But the only thing we're offering at Purdue is for him to play Big Ten football and to get a great education. Mm. When he said that, I knew where I was going because I had given my life to the Lord my my, uh, junior year. And that was straight up sincere. And uh, that was the type of coach I wanted to play for. Mm You know, uh, it's good to have those kind of coaches and people in your life. You know that that are they they shoot straight with you and they don't they don't yes. try to bribe you. They just shoot straight. That's what I love about Tommy Nelson. Tommy's that kind of a straight shooter, isn't he? You know, he's just a, a exactly. straight shooter guy. Well, you know, you played, and then when did you get involved with FCA? How did that come about? Uh, that was my sophomore year uh, at, at Purdue. Rich Green, who's one of my mentors, he's a pastor here at, in Texas with Compass Church. And uh, he's actually, uh, you know, we're just an hour away. We golf together. But him and his wife, Patty, uh, they were over at FCA, and they got me involved with FCA. And I just saw uh, Joe Barry Carroll, who was a star center for Purdue, uh, he's doing a book or something with Lee Rose, but Lee Rose was the first coach that I heard at an FCA meeting who uh, pro- pro- proclaimed the name of Jesus Christ. He was the first coach, and I was just elated that I could identify with someone in the same arena as me on a, on that level as a coach. I uh, speak about Jesus Christ, and so it it really encouraged and influenced me uh, to pursue Christ. And so I began to speak for FCA at some of the local high schools that Rich would take me around to. Yeah, and so so was it Rose that mentored you, or was it the other guy? Who who was it who really mentored uh, you? Well, i say he's one of my mentors, Rich Green, because he got me involved with the FCA huh. and uh, led me out on, you know, evangelizing you know kids and students at schools 
uh, preaching the gospel and sharing my testimony. So he was the one that actually ushered me into being a voice, using my voice for God. Uh, because, you know, being at Purdue, everybody speaks proper up there, and I'm from, you know, Georgia. I'm, I'm, I got a lazy tongue and uh, a little slur. And, and so I was subconscious about my speaking because all the guys used to, to mock me. And uh, they called me Grandpa Bear. I don't know if you remember Grandpa <laughs> Bear. The cartoon mumbled yeah. a lot. And so I was subconscious about that. So I, I in no way, shape, form, or fashion had any uh, uh, motivation to go out and speak. And uh, Rich told me this one day, because uh, Ben McCall, one of my teammates, shared with me, he said, you'll never get Calvin to go out and speak because he he's, you know, he, he don't uh, – too particularly clear about how he talks. And uh, Rich told me, he said, Moses couldn't use that excuse, and neither would God allow you to use it. Was was it intimidating for you, Calvin, when you went out with him that first time to go share your testimony? I mean, here you are, uh, a college football player, and, you know, most people think those guys are, you know, they don't care about anything. They just, they got all this security was it was it a little intimidating to go share your testimony yes because uh, again i was from the south and um, i just had a lazy tongue and uh, my teammates reminded me of that and really uh one of the incidents that i, t- I shared with at the uh at the men's conference rich green was the guy that took me out to a small town in indiana where we were not welcomed and so that's one of the testimonies. And so uh, that was like the first time I went out to speak. And so God used that. Uh, but Satan also had put up a hindrance to try to prevent me from speaking. So Yeah, and I, I want you to share that, but I want the people to hear that you got a 6'4", 6'5", guy weighing about 260 <laughs> who's going out who – would normally be very intimidating to people and it's it is when you go out and you share in that environment was he taking you to high schools or to colleges to share high school and churches uh, churches youth program and i found out doug that when i went out uh kids were embracing me uh they didn't you know think about my color they didn't think about my size they didn't think about my speech, all the things that I was, you know, subconscious about. Man, they would take pictures with me. Uh, I mean, they would get in line for autographs, and, then, you know, they would, you know, fight over who's next, you know. And then I got letters uh, from kids with the pictures I took with them and little notes that they pinned up on the board, hey, uh, go get them this week, you know. Uh, that was such an encouragement to me, and it fed my my soul and it let me know that uh, i did have a voice to the youth mm-hmm. and so i'm i'm really highly uh, thankful and grateful for god using rich green to uh see that something that i didn't see and here you are in denton working with inner city kids now and and kids that are in this frontline ministry out there still today being used by god he was using that as training but like you said earlier, and you shared out with us in Denton at that conference, the first, was it the very first time you went out that that episode happened at that place you went into to get something to eat? Yeah, when we went out 
from the campus. We went out from the campus and we went out to this town. That was the first time that we had actually, you know, gone outside of the campus to speak. Mm-hmm. And we encountered, you know, just opposition from the enemy. Well, tell us about that. Take us through that just for a second. So you're going out to speak for FCA. So you're going out to represent God, to try to share the gospel with people. And you're going out, and, and it's you and Rich, right? Yeah, me and Rich, we were going to a church. It was a father-son uh, banquet, and I was the featured speaker, and, F- and, and Rich was the FCA representative. We got to this town early, and uh, so we had time to kill. And so we went into this uh, restaurant, uh, you know, uh, eating establishment, and uh, we sat down, and uh, just me and him, we sat down for a while, and uh, we— that for a while and we just talked but nobody came to service and so they had a pool table there and Rich said well let's let's play some pool so he went back to the back room where there was about four guys playing cars and there was a big window that I could see through and Rich is back there for a while and he's making all these gestures with his hand and and I go oh man Okay, I'm trying to. I'm putting two and two together now. We hadn't been served, and now he's back there, and you know, obviously in some type of conflict. And uh, after a while, he comes out, and he just, you know, he's just red in the face, and he goes, "Brother, I don't know how to tell." You. I just looked at him. I said, "I'm not welcome." And he goes, "How'd you know?" <laughs> And I said, well, yeah, I just put two and two together, but this is the world I live in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you said, welcome to my world, he right? Looks, <laughs> yeah, he looks at me and he said, man, I, I totally understand if you want to leave and go back to campus. I totally understand. I said, no, we're not here for them. Uh, let's, let's go on. And when we got to the church and we told them what happened, they were like, oh, man, oh, no. Of all places in town, y'all had to go. <laughs> y'all went there. You went to that place. So they were aware of the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and they, they didn't try to hide it. They didn't try to cover it up. They were really apologetic. And uh, you know, one guy said, I hope that don't deter you from coming back here. Mm-hmm. And I said, no. I said, y'all been more than uh, gracious and gracious host, so I'm, I'm thankful. But that was the enemy's way of trying to put a stumbling block. I would say in all of what God was having me to, had planned for me to do, and that's to use my country voice uh, to proclaim the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And, and you shared out there actually a message you've been sharing at several places called the good, the bad, the ugly, and that was the ugly uh, on their yeah. end. And uh, the mm-hmm. the good on your end by not allowing it to keep you from from doing what God has called you to do, and I'm thankful because you got to bless a bunch of men this past weekend with that message. And you know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> one of the comments I heard from a lot of guys, Calvin, was, "Man, that's never happened to me." And and I think yes. it brings an awareness that see, uh, and you and I talked a little bit about this how how the enemy is trying to use racial uh what what you know many people call racial prejudice or ethnic prejudice whatever term they want to use it's it's just 
hating people and mistreating people because they have a different skin tone than you do. And, uh, and the enemies using that is a Trojan horse for critical theory and satanic principles. And what I appreciated about you was you called it what it is and it's sin. And, uh, and, and that wasn't your only encounter. You've had many encounters like that. Uh, you, you shared with us, we got about five minutes uh, or six minutes before we break. Uh, tell us what happened uh, a few years ago uh, when you just wanted to go practice your putting because you love golf. I know you love golf, and uh, you're always trying to work on your game. Tell us what happened at a, a golf course not too far from the church there. Yeah, well, you know, in golf, if you're not working on your game, you're not getting better. <laughs> yeah. uh, so uh, I always work on my game, and it was actually two incidents. The first one was I was uh, one over going into the ninth hole, and I had just hit this beautiful shot down the middle of the ninth hole, and uh, I'm walking down the middle of the fairway with pushing my golf cart, and I'm just thinking, okay, if I get a good chip to the hole, get it close to the hole, I can birdie, and I can par the back nine. <laughs> That's all I was thinking. And then this police comes over on a bicycle, and he circles around, comes down, comes out on the fairway on his bike, and he pulls up in front of me and says, what you doing? You looking for balls? And I go, oh, no. I just, I just <laughs> turn my cart around him and kept walking and then he didn't like that and he said sir i'm gonna need you to stop and i need to see a receipt i said can i finish my hole because it was twilight it was getting dark <laughs> he said no I, I need to see a receipt i said well i don't have a receipt because i paid for it with credit card you can easily check that tomorrow because they had it gone and left and he said uh now nah, i'm gonna need you to stop and so he calls uh on the radio and then there's like two police cars coming. This is you know, university police. They're flying down the, <laughs> down the parking lot. So, you know, like you robbed a bank or something, or something. And, and, and you're out on the course with clubs, right? Yeah. Pushing the golf cart. And I see how they are responding. And this is what happens so many times is that, you know, we relay a message, but the, the people who are coming don't get the full message, and so they're coming with the worst of thoughts. And I see how they're flying. I'm going, are you kidding me? You call for backup? <laughs> what have I done? Dude? <laughs> so that was the first incident. And uh, the second one was uh, we had just gotten through with uh, youth training for our camp, and me and my wife had went out and ate, and then we went out and did some shopping, and I bought a little putter and uh she had went come back from tj Maxx and she said they didn't have what they had and she wanted to go to the mall i said oh baby i don't want to go to the mall they bought the clothes i can't i can't be in there that long i said i'll tell you what you drop me off at tw and i'll chip and put while you go do what you can do and that way i'm not waiting on you so she does that and i'm out there and i'm putting there's about eight other people out there, too. We just practice. But the mosquitoes come out. Mm-hmm. 
and everybody leaves. Mm. <laughs> and I'm out there by myself. And so this police comes up, and uh, he parks, and he just walks down casually. I'm thinking he's checking out something else around the building. Then he turns and comes up to me on the tee box, not the tee box, but the putting uh, area. He said, uh, you got a receipt? And I go, no, I didn't play. I'm just practicing. And he goes, you know they're closed. I said, no, I'm just practicing. I'm not not playing. He said, well, you know I can arrest you. And I said, oh, no. (laughs) I said, well, I'm just practicing. I'm just waiting on my wife. And as I said that, I got my back turned to the parking lot. He said, is that her? And so she said, she's just pulling up. So I'm thinking it's over, mm-hmm. uh, but he had asked to see my ID, and I didn't have nothing on me because my wallet's in my my car. And so I get to the car, and my wife gets out, trying to figure out what's going on, and she's a duty officer at the time for the Denton Police Department. And so I leave him, talking with him to go get my license, and he said, I didn't excuse you. Mm-hmm. I said, you asked for my license, I told you they're in my car. Is it okay if I get them? He said, "Yeah, I need to see your license." And so I, I give him my license, and he runs it, and there's nothing on my my uh, driver's record, so I, I know he's not going to find anything. But he gets through, and he goes off the phone. He said, "I need you to turn around. You've been arrested for trespassing." And my wife goes, "Are you kidding me?" And she starts bawling mm. because that's a train track and <laughs> just to the left of us. And she said, I was, I was, the train was there. I was just, I was just waiting on the train. And she thought she had done something wrong. She thought it was on her. Was late. Yes. <laughs> I said, baby, don't worry about him. He's he just been a Barney Fife. He's being a Barney Fife. Wait a second, Calvin. We got to go to the news. <laughs> But I want people to listen to that, and I want them to think about that. Here, Calvin is a minister at a church in Denton, Texas, out practicing his putting, and he's arrested for trespassing. And and really, what reason is there? We're going to talk about that when we come back on SWAT Radio. Thanks for listening. We're going to be right back after the news break. You're listening to this interview with Calvin Clark, former defensive tackle for the Purdue Boilermakers and uh, we'll be right back on SWAT Radio. Doug McCary from SWAT Radio. I'm glad to have you listening to our guest and me today. We're just kind of talking about things and things that happen in life that are ugly and uh, bad, ugly and good. The good, the bad, the ugly. And we're talking about the ugly right now. Uh, but but the person I'm talking to is a good brother in the Lord. Is Calvin Clark. Calvin played at Purdue uh, as a tackle and. 
Um, one of the one of the people around here said, did, "Did he play pro?" I said, "Yeah, he was with the Bills and with the Washington Redskins, and he also played in the USFL." So uh, Calvin has made what very, 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 very few people who play football uh, get to achieve, and that's playing in an NFL. And he played four years up there. And uh, but you know, Calvin, one of the things he's sharing a story for you. If, if you're just tuning in, your uh, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. Calvin is a warrior. That's why I wanted him on today because he's a warrior for God. And uh, he he shared earlier uh, about uh, dealing with some ugly when he went out to speak and share his testimony. And this is a ugly uh, of him just being uh, on a golf course doing what he likes to do. He's a minister on staff at the church. Um, and Calvin's like six four, six five, about two sixty. I don't know if I don't think you weigh that anymore, but that's what you weigh in your playing days, right? You were about that big, correct? <clears throat> and uh, yeah. but you still are five was my playing weight. Yeah, you're still you're still imposing, and but he's out there golfing. I mean, Calvin, when I see people on a golf course, there's just not a lot intimidating to me about anybody on a golf course, you know, especially when you watch people putting. When people are putting, that's just like not a, you know, I don't know. It's just it's just not a very intimidating thing. But this police officer you were sharing came up, asked you for your receipt, and you told him you didn't have one because you're just practicing your putting while your wife was doing something else. And he says you're under arrest for trespassing. Your wife's upset because she was out shopping, coming back, got stopped by the train. Your wife is a police officer, and she's looking at all this and upset at what's going on. And you said, don't worry, honey, this is just, this is, he's just a Barney Fife. For those who don't know, because they don't go to Denton Bible Church, uh, Barney Fife is a character in the Andy Griffith show that was a long time ago, and Barney had one bullet because Barney couldn't be trusted, but with one bullet because he would always shoot himself if he had more than that. And so that's it's it's it, it's not a complimentary term, uh, and he didn't like that very well, did he, Calvin? No, he didn't, and uh, I paid for it because he clamped the, the handcuffs down so tight that it kind of suffered a nerve, and so uh, it's been five years ago, and it's just healing. And so every time my wrist would pop and get a catch in it, it would remind me of that ugly incident, and I, under my breath, I would go, Magnetic burning, <laughs> <laughs> like Andy. Yeah, it, it, I got fingerprinted. I've got my picture taken in this little small jail, and my wife called my kids, and they came up. And when I was leaving, I mean, he hadn't done enough. But when I was leaving, he said this to me that 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 hurt me to my heart because he said it in front of my kids. He said. Uh, if I ever see you on TWU's property again, I'm going to arrest you again. So mm. Stay off our property. As though he owned all of TWU, and it's, he was judge, jury, and uh, executioner, and he just pronounced me guilty. And he said that in front of my kids, and uh, I just hugged him, and we cried. And mm. uh, But I, it gave me an opportunity to let them know what my dad said, because my dad was a pastor. He was a janitor, and he pastored 
uh, and he would, we would go out to help him mop floors, you know, clean up parking lots, whatever. And we saw two different sides of how he was treated. Mm-hmm. Some people called him Reverend, Pastor, Clark, da 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 da, and then others would call him by his first name, Mac, or boy, I told you to get that done, da-da-da-da. You know, they would talk down at him in front of us, and then my brother would get mad. Mm-hmm. But my dad, and then I got five sisters and two brothers. My dad would say this because he, he would see the look on our faces, and he was concerned that those looks were going to get him fired. Mm-hmm. So he, he said this. He said, listen, uh, if you can't honor the person honored the position and he said me honoring the position gets food on the table to feed y'all i need y'all to follow my lead mm. he said if I, if I find a better job i'm out of here like that but right now this is putting food on the table i need y'all to follow my lead because we would get some you know some bad looks, and he, that could have got him fired, and we didn't think about it at the time. So he taught us that lesson, and that has stuck with me uh, in my era, and I try to teach my sons the same thing. Look, things are not always going to go decently and in order or righteously, but if you can't honor the person, honor the position. Hmm. So. And this is definitely the ugly, what happened to you both up in that um place you went to shoot pool and grab a bite to eat before you spoke for fca and here and for no other reason that the people that perpetrated these things on you just didn't uh care for your um shade of skin color right i mean that was pretty much the bottom line in both places right yeah and a lot of times we look at things like that and we say, okay, that's racism, this and that. But, you know, that's the fruit of the root mm-hmm. is racism, just like the fruit of, uh, of murder is the fruit of something. Mm-hmm. Uh, greed is the fruit of something. Uh, jealousy is the fruit of something. Uh, and the root of all of those is sin. Mm-hmm. And so sin manifests itself out in racism, in jealousy, in anger, in pride, in greed, in murder, in homosexuality. We can call it a role. Mm-hmm. But when we start to debate on the fruit instead of the root, we're actually uh, taking on rabbit trails. And so nothing is going to be accomplished because we're focusing on the wrong thing. As um, an elder here at Den Bible, Jack Manus, uh, he mentored me for a couple of years when I first got here, and he told me this. I was trying to get some weeds out of my yard, and I asked him about it. He said, well, I can tell you how to do it, uh, but you, it's going to require more work on your end. And I said, I'm listening. <laughs> he said, you need to oversee it with the seed. Mm-hmm. And he said, the grass seeds will choke out the weeds, but you're going to have to cut your grass more. I said, I can deal with that. 
<laughs> and true enough, I did it. I put more seeds in my yard, the good, and it choked out the bad. And that's the way I look at life. He taught me a great lesson in that because not only did did I hear it, but I saw the manifestation of it. I had to cut my grass. I have sprinkler system. I had to cut my grass every four days. <laughs> but man, it was a beautiful, beautiful lawn. People come up to the house and they were complimenting on it because <laughs> because you overseeded it, I, I right? I overseeded it, and so it got to be so much work. I just hired a guy to do it. <laughs> Well, you talked about, you know, you talked about the good, which is God and man in harmony together apart from sin, the way God originally wanted it to be. And, and yeah, you know, it started. yeah, that's the way it started. And, and, and then you talked about how Adam brought that into the world, which I really appreciate. And you gave examples of Cain, of, you know, Aiken, mm-hmm. uh, of, of all of us and us too. And one of the issues that that I think we we are missing today, Calvin, and I'd love for you to speak to it for just a second, is we we address the symptom, but we don't ever really address the problem. And I'm talking specifically about the church, because I don't know if you've heard about this. This just came up in the last few days. There is an there's a um, there's a thing called leave loud movement right now, which is urging black evangelical Christians to leave all what they term white evangelical spaces. In other words, if you're in a place that has more people that has less melanin in their skin, um, then you need to leave because they don't celebrate black christians for who they really are and they make a very general sweeping generalization and they say you need to leave so they're calling for that right now and that is bringing more division to the body to me than unity in the body um because i listen go ahead the bad yeah because uh you know we one of the things that we do that's so sad is we generalize everything Mm-hmm. Uh, we see one police officer uh, kill an unarmed minority, and we'll generalize and say all police are bad. And and that's just not the case. And, and I know we see uh, uh, more, with more consistency of it with police officers against minorities. And uh, we've just seen, you know, uh, in the same community almost with where Josh Ford was choked out another shooting of an unarmed man. But I wouldn't look at the the, the fruit of that, uh, which is could be inward racism or the mentality that people bring in to that uniform from that background. I would look at the root of it, that man is sinful, and that, you know, David put it this way, in sin, I am conceived from my mother's womb. And you, know, you think about David. David's a righteous man after God's own heart. Mm-hmm. But he broke all the Ten Commandments mm-hmm. because he defines it as not his lust, not his adultery. He defined it as in sin, I am conceived in my mother's womb. He got to the root of it. Mm-hmm. And that's what we need to do. And, and not just 
stop generalizing everything because if the police, if we generalize all police is bad, uh, it, it's, it's going to be, you know, quick, fast, and hurry when you're going to need their help and you're going to need to call them and you're going you're gonna to expect them to be good for you to defend you. Mm-hmm. So let's stop generalizing everything and let's get to the root of it. And let's, let's say, like God said to Cain, Cain, sin is knocking at your door. Not murder, not jealousy, not pride, whatever, you know, it caused him to fall. He said sin is knocking at your door, and it wants to control you, but you must control it. And I think what believers need to do is to come together and address the issue of sin. All we like sheep have gone astray. Uh, there's none righteous, no, not one, but God, and he's the good. Uh, we need to come together uh, on the and be focused on the root of the problem and start there and understand that even like with, with David, uh, I mean, through our own sin, uh, makeup, we could kill somebody to cover up our own sin, mm-hmm. or we could commit adultery to, 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 to please our own lust. That's us, and we see it. Doug. We see it in the Christian community. Uh, not to throw shade or anything like Robbie Zachariah. Oh my uh, goodness! One yeah, one of the greatest apologists of our day. Uh, but he, you know. He's a sinner. Mm-hmm. All have sinned and fallen short. And, you know, he may fall short in this area. I may fall short in, in this area. Uh, but as believers, we got to look at the root of the problem and not stop being so shocked when the fruit of sin manifests itself through sinners. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it's like... Don't get on that rabbit trail to where we start consuming one another and blaming one another. And, you know, as far as this, you know, leave loud uh, yeah, yeah. phrase that you just said, you know, think about this. Uh, if you do that here and God's looking at the motives of our heart, uh, you know, you're going to be disappointed when you get to heaven. Because mm. it ain't going to be all white. It ain't going to be all black. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You see it? So don't, don't. Start an agenda here that doesn't represent the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. because now you're misrepresenting God. Mm-hmm. You're, you're no longer uh, following after Him, and you're no longer denying yourself. You're no longer taking up. You see it? Yeah. Uh, the cross, and so all of us got to meet at the foot of the cross and say like that. That see, uh, hey. I belong here, and I'm getting my just punishment. Mm. Lord, please remember me. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's, you know, I'm just thinking about you and your wife and what you do with those kids there. It has, you know, and and one of the things I want to say, Calvin, is, you know, in the world in which we live, we can't look at unbelievers whether they're police or whether they're uh, uh, just citizens in a community who are rioting because they're upset at police, whichever group that people are identifying in or putting themselves in, if they are unbelieving, 
unprofessing people, we shouldn't expect them to act according to the values of God's word. Okay, I mean, I'm just exactly. and, and but people that say they love the name of Jesus and this this the thing that upsets me about the leave loud is these are professing people in Christ. And I, I want to get you to respond to what E.V. Hill said. Do you remember E.V. at all? You know who he is? Oh, yeah. All right. So yeah. he, he told of a time he got a death threat from the Black Panthers because they didn't like him preaching about a white Jesus. I don't know if you ever mm-hmm. remember that, but he said, I don't know anything about a white Christ. I know about <laughs> Christ, a Savior named Jesus. I don't know what color he is. He was born in brown Asia. He fled to black Africa, and he was in heaven before the gospel got to white Europe. So I don't know what color he is. I do know one thing. If you bow at the altar with color on your mind and get up with color on your mind, go back again and keep going back until you no longer look at his color, but it is greatness in his power, his power to save. And I thought, wow, man, we need some leaders to stand up and say those kind of things right now, you know? Yeah, and that's what I try to say through this message, the good, the bad, and the ugly, because that gives believers a kingdom perspective. And, you know, and it gives us grounds, united grounds to to form unity in. And uh, it also presents an effective witness to the unbelievers uh, because if the believers, the unbelievers see us as salt and light mm-hmm. standing on the same ground, upholding the cross and God's kingdom. Now we have a strong voice because there's power in the name of Jesus. There's power to save. There's power in the proclamation of the gospel. That's when all of heaven gets behind the church and I think that's what Second Chronicles seven fourteen says. God says, "If my people, my people, the people that are called by my name, mm-hmm. I just need y'all to humble yourself, pray, seek my face, repent, turn from your wicked ways." And then He says, "Y'all are here for me from heaven." Mm-hmm. But as long as we're here on earth as His people, debating and pointing the finger, that's there's no unity at the foot of the cross, and so we 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 neglect the power of the cross in the gospel, and I think that's what's wrong, because God's not going to hear our prayers if we're divided politically, if we're divided racially, if we're divided any kind of way. Because First uh, Corinthians says, "Hey, is Christ divided? You can't say I'm of Paulus, I'm of Paul, I'm of Jesus." No, Christ is not divided. He didn't. His his fellowship does not include sex. Mm-hmm. We're all new creations in Christ. Mm-hmm. The old is past. Behold, all things are new, and that newness is the view and the perspective of the kingdom, the good of God. And as long as the bad embraces the good, things won't get ugly. Mm. We need to hear that. And I think that's what E.B. Hill was, was basically saying. He was not going to go down that rabbit trail, mm-hmm. that, that rabbit trail of a different sex, of a different agenda, other than the kingdom of God. The and that's king- what we got to guard against. 
Yeah, and and that's isn't that what Christ told his apostles in Acts? You go preach the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. It's not the kingdom of yeah. men. And you know, you you laid out a verse um, when you were talking to us uh, over the weekend from Romans one, and it says, "God gave them up in the lust of their hearts to uncleanness, that their bodies should be dishonored among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for a lie, and they worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator." And man. Um, we have created a consumer church in America that really yeah. worship the gift more than the giver of the gift. And I, I, I just so appreciate you building into these young people out there. How's it going? Take a minute or two. We got about five minutes left. Give us an update on the front line where you and Devorah are. Y'all are working. What kind of response are you getting from the young people in Denton as you minister to those young people? Well, one of the things you want uh, them to be able to do as you model and become salt and light, you want them to be able to understand how to navigate through the good, through the bad and the ugly of this world. Uh, You want them to be able to to navigate it through the eye gate of sin and not be manipulated by the sex of this world. Because when we start following the different sex, and going down different rabbit trail, I think that's when Romans 1 takes over. Uh, we see it with Balaam and the donkey. Balaam kept kept for going to God, saying, uh, well, what about this? Well, can we do this? Uh, he kept going down those different sections and those rabbit trails, and God said, okay, go ahead. And that's what Romans 1 is saying. All right, go ahead. <laughs> if you're not going to hear me, then you need to experience. You see it? And so God allows us uh, to to be given over to these sex and the consequences of the world. That's what took place with Saul. Okay, you want a king? Mm-hmm. You tired of my voice through the prophet? Okay, I'll give you a king, but here's what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. See, he's going he's gonna to tax you, and he's going to uh, put such a burden on you. You're going to be crying out for me. Mm-hmm. And so God gives us over. And so one of the things I, I really want uh, the young people and the married couples that we uh, minister to and the, and the guys that we disciple and, 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 and mentor, we want them to understand that Matthew 6.33 applies to all, all of life. What is your marriage? What is your work? What is your church? What is this, uh, the cultures? Seek first God's kingdom. God's righteousness and all these things horizontally that we desire in this world, God will add to us. He says it there in uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Stop leaning to all these sex and all these (laughs) agendas in the world that are horizontal. Acknowledge him and let him direct your path. That's what he wanted and had to teach Israel to do when they came out of Egypt. Mm. Man, he, he took them out of Egypt, but then he put them in the wilderness to get the Egypt out of them. Mm-hmm. And Tom said it uh, last week. Uh, he said that, hey, man, it was a short route, <laughs> but they weren't ready for that. So God had to take them to the wilderness to get them ready and build up their faith so that they, when they went into battle to take the land, 
they would trust in him. And so that's the message we're, we're trying to get across. If your marriage is screwed up, uh, you need to seek first the kingdom of God. If you're dealing with your gender identity, you need to seek first the kingdom of God. I'm reading uh, and teaching in the book of Ecclesiastes that Tom did, and he gave a great illustration, and I want to leave the, the, the hearers with this. When you're working on a puzzle piece and you come across that piece that doesn't fit, what do you do? You set it aside and you keep working until you find that, aha, mm-hmm. that's where that belongs. And so that's what we're trying to get people to see is that, look, you may not understand things and things may not fit in your life right now, but just set it aside, keep working, and eventually that you'll find out where that identity fits, where that, you know, your role in marriage fits, where your, your purpose in life fits. Just keep working at it and trust God. Well, well, Calvin, it, it has been uh, just a, a privilege to have you on the program today. And uh, I want to ask our listeners in Meridian, uh, up in Virginia, up in Mississippi, Virginia, Georgia, and Florida, would you lift uh, uh, Calvin and Devorah, his wife, up? Uh, pray for them in their ministry. Pray for their protection. Pray for his children. And um, just pray for their ministry to those, that, that inner city outreach in Denton, the frontline ministry, and for Tom Nelson out in Denton Bible. Calvin, I pray you have a very blessed weekend, and thank you for being our guest on SWAT Radio. Thank you for having me, Doug, and I really, really appreciate the opportunity. God well, bless you. Well, you're a good brother. Hey, I am excited. You, If you want to hear this, uh, because you didn't get to hear all of it, you can go to www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. It'll be posted within an hour or so. And I'd love for you to go back, share it with a friend. Right now, with everything going on in our world, boy, it would be refreshing to hear about unity and how to bring good to the ugly. Hey, you can uh, communicate with us via Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk. You can send any emails to Doug at SWATradio.com or ask if you have questions, ask at SWATradio.com. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening spirit.